and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now this week I've got two subjects coming up. The first thing is it's coming into autumn and we're going to be looking at planting out some of our autumn perennial plants. Things like raspberries and apple trees and why I think this is a good time of year and what we can be doing will be discussed a little bit later on. Added to that, we're also going to be having some of our winter squashes available and these are going to be need to be stored in the right way. That's coming up a little bit later on, but first of all, let's find out what's been happening down on the allotment. Today is Thursday the 15th of September 2022 and I'm down the allotment on a Thursday. Why is that, you may ask? It's because I'm on call this weekend and as this is a sort of the last day of my holiday, I've still got tomorrow, but I start on call in the evening. I wanted to come down the allotment and just make sure I got a few tasks done that meant that things were happening, as I don't know if I'm necessarily going to get down here over the weekend. So what I have done while I was down here on the allotment, first thing I tackled was my three bean beds. These were beds that have been growing beans in this year. Next year there will be potato beds. And the weeds on these have just grown a little bit out of control. So I just set about pulling out the cooch grass and all the other weeds in these beds. Now two of these beds actually have field beans, a green manure growing in them. And I think I'm going to have to re-sow some more field beans. Some of the beans have germinated and they're actually growing really, really well. But there's quite large areas where nothing has germinated. So I just want to throw in a second sowing of field beans to try and make sure that there are more chance or more beans growing in here to try and get more nutrition ready for potatoes next year. The third bed still has my French and runner beans growing in it so we're not going to worry about that just yet. I might, I've got a bit of room where I might be able to sow some more field beans but pretty soon the rest of the beans will come out and then we'll follow that up with some more field beans. After that I moved over to one of my other beds. Now this is the pea bed which is this year had garlic or onions grown in it, I can't remember which, but this next year will be for peas. And I mulched this bed with a fresh load of compost recently, and what I've done is I've just sown some more peas. Now this is an overwintering variety called Meteor, which is a wrinkly, really good pea, very, very hardy, and I like to grow it over winter. All I've done is I've just created a drill by pulling my hand across the soil, scattered the seeds into that, backfilled it with the compost and gave it a good watering and eventually those peas will grow. We'll need some sort of support as they grow but basically those peas are now sown and hopefully will give us some early peas next year. That's the plan. Hopefully it will happen. And then I followed that up with by heading over to my potato bed. Now this is the second early potatoes. I've realised I probably grow too many potatoes. The fact that I'm only now getting onto the second early potatoes tells me that I probably should have grown a little bit less. But I dug up a couple of rows of those. This is a Charlotte potato, which we also grew in buckets. The buckets we harvested a few weeks ago and I spoke about that. But these Charlotte potatoes that came out of the ground, much, much better. Bigger, better crops, 
much more and I'm quite happy with what we've got out of there. I'm going to take those home for our tea tonight to go with our pie that we are having. So there was a reason that we harvested these. We've still got more second early potatoes to go as well as the main crops, all of which have died down. So the main crops are under the ground and actually probably doing some good. We will harvest those and get those into storage pretty soon. But basically, yeah, the allotment, I feel, you know, just a few hours down here today has brought it into much better action now. And again, I feel like this weekend I may not be able to do much, but I can certainly move forward with what needs to happen. Now, as we are heading into the autumn, another thing that I like to plant during the autumn is some of our perennial plants. And I thought I'd just go through a list of those of what we can grow and why I like to plant out these plants during the autumn. Now we often associate with planting our perennial and mini plants with the springtime. But actually what I have found over the years is that I have a lot more success planting many perennials at this time of year moving right up till December when I compare them to spring planted plants. Now the reason for this is that at this time of year the plants tend to be a bit more dormant but they will still try to grow their roots which is going on underground. The ground is of course still warm after the summer and we've got the chance that rain is going to come in. Spring we tend to we go into drier weather here we're going into wetter weather which means they just establish I find a little bit better. And spring planted, you do require a bit more attention just to make sure the soil doesn't dry out. Added to that, there are bare-rooted plants, and these are only available at this time of year. So bare-rooted plants are usually considerably cheaper than buying a plant with plenty of roots on it. Basically, bare-rooted plants, these are, they might be raspberry canes or they might be apple trees. They're dug out of the soil, the roots are cut off except for the main taproot. They're wrapped in plastic and then they are sent to you and they're cheaper and easier. Then when you get them, you soak those roots in a bit of water before planting it in the ground. As easy as that. Now, what I usually like to do is just start planning what plants I'm going to be planting in the autumn and working out what I need to buy. Now, this could be raspberries, which... I've actually got quite a few raspberries that I do want to plant. These aren't bare-rooted plants. These are the cheap ones that I've been buying. And I've been putting them in a pot to grow them up. And it's the same if they're bare-rooted or pots. We've got them ready to go into the ground. Uh, raspberries, fruit bushes, apple trees, grapevines. Uh, they can all be planted at this time of year. And I find with a lot more success. Added to that, asparagus is one that I have planted in the autumn and I've had a lot more success with that establishing by planting it in the autumn. Asparagus as always does need quite a bit of preparation, but once you get that right, again, it just takes on, it establishes itself a lot easier, I find, than spring sown. And usually when you plant asparagus, you need three years before you can start harvesting. Well, this is year one when you are planting it, so you actually knock yourself down a year before you can start harvesting it effectively. Effectively, they're growing for two and a half years before you can start harvesting. Rhubarb is another good one to plant at this time of year. Again, it's getting into that dormancy period, so it starts to, to just concentrate and grow in its roots. Saffron, if you are looking to grow saffron, buy the bulbs now and get those planted. 
Salad Barnet, this is a really good herb that I have grown this year. I've put that into a sink, as you've heard throughout the diary sections. And that is going to grow absolutely wonderfully in our garden. Again, this is a good time to get that established by planting out in the autumn. So how do we prepare the ground for autumn planting? Well, first of all, we need to just make sure we have no weeds in the ground. Uh, that should be fairly easy. We're starting to clear out ground and just remove any weeds as we go. And then we want to add plenty of compost or well-rotted manure. You can dig it in if you are a digger or if you're like me, you're no digger, we just lay it on the surface. And then we dig a hole and plant our trees in. And then we dig a hole and simply plant our plants in as soon as they we can after they arrive. They do need quite quick to get in the ground, but once they're in the ground, give them a good stake if they need a stake to hold them up and then just make sure they don't dry out, which is easier done at this time of year. Going through the winter, they're not going to need a huge amount of work. Don't feed them. Just concentrate on getting the, them established. Maybe a bit of mycorrhizal fungi wouldn't go amiss, but other than that, you don't need to worry about feeding them. Just let them establish and anchor themselves into the ground. If we do have some strong winds, we may need a bit of protection from the strong winds, but other than that, they should be fairly fussy free. And of course, just keep them weed free. Then come the spring, when everything starts springing into life, you should see these start to spring into life themselves. Be it the buds appearing on the branches or leaves starting to appear, you know you have done the job right. So it's as easy as that. If you are looking to buy any autumn bare-rooted trees, have a look online. There's quite a few suppliers out there. Or if you'd like me, you've been saving up some pots to go in the ground. Start thinking about that and get it going. We can still plant these up until December unless the ground is incredibly frozen. That might be the only problem. I've not had that happen in my time. It could happen, but it's unlikely. Right, well, that's very quick to go through autumn planted perennials. If you've planted any autumn planted perennials and you've had a lot of luck with it compared to spring, please do let me know. Let's get back to the gardening. It is Saturday the 17th of September 2022 today and I've had a day at home. I've been on call as no doubt you know but luckily I didn't get called out. Now because I'm on call I do find myself tricky to concentrate on any big jobs. I need jobs I can just drop at the moment's notice so it doesn't matter if I get called out. Now the first thing that I was concentrating on was a bit of weeding. And that was in the vegetable bed area, but also the herb garden. Now, the herb garden is just in front of the chickens. And in that area, obviously, we've got the chickens, but we're also growing a lot of herbs in order that we can use them in our kitchen. And, of course, we've got the veggie pod where we're growing our annual herbs. Once I cleared all the weeds, I went to the veggie pod and some of my basil has started to flower. So I pulled those out and I decided I'll give it a try at drying out this basil. So I cut the roots off the plants and tied all the basil together and hung the basil up in my shed. Now I followed that over with in the in front of a chicken area I had to weed things out so I, and I had to grab gloves because we had a few brambles that have popped up so a good pair of leather gloves really did work well at pulling out those. A couple of weeks ago I think it was I added a sink with salad barnet in this area and I had a second sink 
and what I've done is I've put that sink and just dug it into the ground and then I've added a black peppermint plant into this sink as well. Now I do grow mint in a Belfast sink and what I find with mint, by containing it in a pot, it doesn't run everywhere. Mint has this horrible habit of just going here, there and everywhere, giving half a chance. So containing it is a must when it comes to mint. So I found a sink to be really good and I've got three sinks in this area now. And I like the look of these plants in sinks. I was inspired by Francis Topil's garden at Gardener's World Live this year. And I just liked the idea of these grown in sinks. Plus I had sinks lying around. So that was what we did. Underneath these, I'm going to plant some thyme as a ground cover just to suppress any weeds and make sure every bit of ground is growing something. After that, I then went to the sage and marjoram. Now, the sage and marjoram has grown really, really well. I've got two types of sage in here. One is a normal sage, and the other is this black currant sage, which is absolutely beautiful. Now, the normal sage, my wife, a few months back, did really give it a good hacking by accident, which I was a bit worried about, but it seems to have paid off because it came back much stronger and is producing plenty of leaves. So with the marjoram and the, the blackcurrant sage, I did the same. I gave it a good hack. The trimmings that I've cut off, I've hung up again in the shed so that we could get dried herbs to use in the kitchen so nothing gets wasted. But hopefully this is going to encourage these plants to pull on new growth next year and really start to look after themselves and, and do much better. Now, following on from that, I had this metal watering can that doesn't hold water anymore. It was leaking, and I figured this was going to be a nice place to grow another herb plant. So I drilled a hole in the bottom for extra drainage, filled it up with compost, and have planted into that some lavender. And hopefully that is going to grow quite well. And then finally, I planted out our spring Bulbs. Now I always try to grow some spring bulbs to encourage bees and pollinated insects around. They need the, those flowers at that time of year when there's very little for them. So spring bulbs, daffodils and tulips are a great one to do. And what I always do, the spring bulbs that were in pots this year will go in the ground. But new bulbs that I've brought in will go in pots just because then the display, I feel, looks better. So that's what I've done. Put the old spring bulbs into the grass areas so hopefully they'll naturalize and look stunning under there but the new bulbs have gone into some of our pots a lot of compost have been used today as you can tell so that's what i've been up to today but something that i have been thinking about is i've got a butternut squash plant it's soon going to be time to start harvesting those but i want to store them throughout the winter that's what i'm going to be discussing now <laughs> Now this time of year we will be noticing that some of our winter squashes are becoming ready. I particularly have got one of my butternut squashes that is just nearly ready and as soon as it is ready I will be harvesting it and looking at how we can store it. Now butternut squash is only one of these winter squashes that we have. Another one would be pumpkins for example that is quite currently grown. But there are many many other winter squashes that are available depending on what you've grown. I've always recommended that you leave the label of what the plant is and then you can just go and research what details you need to know on that plant as to when it is ready. 
So, for example, my butternut squash, what I'm looking for is the, the, the squash to be that sandy brown colour all the way around. And then I know it is more or less ready. Now, uh, with the temperatures dropping, we will soon find that the leaves on our plants will start to die back anyway. So as soon as that happens, you will notice that a lot of these squash plants will start to ripen faster and faster as they try and put all their energy into to the seed so it can see it through or pass its genetics on for the next few years or the next year. So what I like to do with the, the one butternut squash that is nearly ready is I've just removed some of the leaves so that butternut squash can be exposed to the sun a little bit. It's showing no signs of dying back at the moment, but I've got about nine other squashes on that that will start to ripen up as it dies back anyway. So this first one, it is fully that sandy brown colour all the way over. I give it a tap and at the moment it's not quite sounding as solid as I would like but as it's as it gets riper and riper that will start to sound just right. Now of course when it comes to what plants you are growing you want to find out what colour it should be. So most pumpkins are orange so that's the colour you will be looking for. It could be a blue colour, it could be I don't know. Whatever colour the plant is, the squash plant is, is what you are looking for. And it wants to be that uniform colour all the way round. Now, when it is ripe, we then want to take it off the plant. And what I like to do at the top, you always have a stem that connects the squash plant to the vine. We want to leave as much of that stem onto the squash as possible. So I try and cut it away with a sharp knife as close to the vine as possible. Then I will take that squash and I will just inspect it. And if it is not perfect, I will have to use it right away. There's no point storing anything that has got damaged skin or anything because that's just going to encourage moisture or problems later down the road that could lead to rotting. And if it's in close to some of your other squashes, you could end up losing the whole lot. So you want to just make sure that everything on that skin is fine. Then what we want to do is just wash off any dirt and make sure that there's nothing like that that's going to be staying on it because again that can damage your skin or lead to rotting. Once it is fully clean, dry it off with a towel and then I place mine in the greenhouse for a week or two just to really cure that skin so it gets nice and hard skin. We then will take that squash plant and just store it somewhere cool dry and dark. For me the garage is the best place for this. It's outside the house so it's nice and cool but it's protected from the worst of the weather. It's dark because it, a garage is just dark, we hardly ever go in there. So I find this to be an ideal place to store some of our squash plants. And in that way and stored correctly they can last for months. Right throughout the winter is very easy. In some cases up to 18 months and they're still as good as the day they were harvested. So store them right, they can last for a very, very long time. And as I say, I've got 10 butternut squashes. That's more than enough for me and my wife to see us through the winter months. Of course, trying to find ways to use them can be a bit of a difficult thing. I like to do butternut squash soup, butternut squash curries. Same with pumpkin soup and curries. Uh, pumpkin pie is another really good thing that we like to cook when we have pumpkins available. The list is endless with what we could be using these for. The whole idea of pumpkins for Halloween and carving them, I feel, is very wasteful and something we really don't want to encourage. 
especially with this cost of living crisis. It is a food source after all. So I highly encourage you just to think about what you're growing and how you can use it in the kitchen and also how you go out storing them so they can store for a very, very long time. Let me know what winter squash plants you are storing this winter. And with that, let's get back to the gardening. It is the 18th of September 2022 today. It is a Sunday. This is the final section for this week's podcast. The reason being, I'm not recording on the Monday. It is the Queen's funeral. And I I struggled to work out what I was going to do. And I decided I was not going to record or edit, but I still publish on the same Monday. So, so in preparation, I've recorded this today and I've edited it, it ready to go out on Monday tomorrow. Now, obviously the funeral is going to be broadcast by quite a bit. I've got no TV, so I'm not going to watch it myself, and I'm on call, so I don't know necessarily if I'm going to be around. Uh, So, interesting day, I think, to say the least. Now, what I have done today, I've popped out in the garden and just done a few bits. I had a bit of a headache, and I think it's the weather that has caused this to come on. So I popped down the garden and just potted around, just doing a little bit of weeding and odd little job here and there. But something I have been harvesting is courgettes, tomatoes, peppers, and quite a few other little vegetables. And we've got quite a few courgettes and tomatoes, to say the least. So what I've had to do in order to use these up is made a ratatouille. Now, ratatouille is basically a vegetable stew, so we can make it in a big batch and we can use it right throughout the winter by making it in a big batch. We can have it as a meal on its own or as a side dish, which is what we had today. So, what did I do to make the ratatouille? First of all, I just fried off an onion until it was nice and soft. And into that, then I added a kilo of chopped tomatoes. These are our own tomatoes, just chopped up and added to the pan. And then I just got that cooking. A little bit of water was needed as well, just a splash of water to stop them burning. And then the tomatoes soon started cooking down, at which point I added chopped vegetables, whatever vegetables we had available. So courgettes, peppers, aubergines can be used, anything that we had available. A few herbs, sage, uh, thyme, rosemary also go in there. And then I just cooked that just gently for an hour until it was all ready and then we could serve it. Absolutely delicious. Great thing is we made such a big batch of it, we're going to have quite a few meals with this throughout the winter and we can usually add more. Now most usual ratatouille recipes ask for wine to be added as well, but we particularly my wife we don't like wine in our food we're not big alcohol uh, we don't drink really so we don't tend to add wine unless we really have to and this we decided not to anyway so it's all cooked and it is absolutely delicious and that brings us to the end of this week's podcast thank you so much for joining me now as always if you enjoyed it please do leave us a review on your podcast service which will help get us more traction and discovered more easily. If you want to support this podcast, then head to thevegegrowerpodcast.co.uk for details on how to become a supporting member. As a supporting member, I charge £5 a month. You get extra behind-the-scenes podcasts, as well as a collection of seeds sent to your door every month. That can be sown that very month. More details at thevegegrowerpodcast.co.uk. 
Now, finally, if you want to get in contact, you can email me, richard at uk, or you can leave a comment on the bottom of our blog post at uk, or you can find me on social media, just search for The Veg Grower Podcast. We will be back again next time, so until then, please take care.